Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Q, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates to beat their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. Five Philly guys, diversified and educated. What's good, War Room family? Happy New Year. Happy New Decade. You are once again live in the War Room for the 500th time. Brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my partners. All of my partners. We got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building as usual. B. Austin in the building. And we got PJ back in the house and joining us all the way from Seoul, Korea. We got Doc Bay, aka Doc Bay. Yo, we're going to rap about some stuff going on in sports this week. For nostalgia's sake, we're going to bring back some original segments from the War Room's infancy stage. So pull up a comfy chair, get your popcorn ready, and keep it locked right here in the War Room as we talk our ish. And if you want to get on the 500th conversation, sign in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about five minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Before we get started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, that you remember to check out archive episodes of our show on our own network at WorldRoomSports.com and the World Room Sports mobile app. Also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker. And if you want to take it all the way back to episode one, nine and a half, ten years ago, make sure you do that on Blog Talk Radio. You can also catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you do your podcast listening. What up, brothers? 500 episodes strong, man. This, this The show's still popping, man. The company's still popping. How's it feel? How y'all doing? Yo, man, I just I just want to send a shout out to Doc Bay because he's calling from the future, yo. It's like it's like next <laughs> Thursday over there. So you know what I'm saying? Just, I know what Bay the power hall is. I love it. That's gonna help. That's gonna help uh, our bet our uh, investment picks because we're gonna be able to talk to Doc Bay about what happened as you put your money down. He's gonna be able to. Yep, yep. That, that's what happened. Gus, Gus should call Doc Bay every week to see what happened before he. Come on here, you know, making people upset. Trash picks. About these, <laughs> these trash <laughs> ass picks. Doc <laughs> Bay, PJ, man, what's up with y'all, man? I know, it, I mean, people had to go way. I mean, we got some listeners who've been with us from the start. So I know they probably like, man, there's ghost talking on this joint. What's up with y'all? I know, man. It's good. It's good, man. I'm, I'm chilling, man. I'm just. Over here, spitting from the depths of the, of the survival scrolls. Happy to be back, creating frequency on the <laughs> airways with my brothers, man. No doubt. No doubt. And, and, and oh, Doc man, Bay over no. there in the future, on the other Bay side of the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, wow, guys. Like, uh, congratulations on uh, our 500th show. I know I've been away as I've been uh, 
climbing in the education realm and traveling the world. It, it was crazy. Let's give a shout out to uh, Dirty Dame, the professional, with uh, from uh, sports veterans and greats from Fourth and Twenty Six to the war in Kuwait. And your boy yeah. actually ended up in Kuwait for two years. So how was <laughs> that? Yo, kill in the future. Dame was rapping from the future. <laughs> I've seen it. Like a it's even hot I'm gonna give a lot of shout outs. I'm gonna give a lot of shout outs on the show. I want to start off by shouting out Kev because my man Kev said, "Yo, this what y'all do." So this I want to shout out him first. <laughs> great yeah, cousin Kev. <laughs> I hit my first and foremost, man. And and shout out to the other Kev, Skyview One, that's in the chat room right now. Skyview been with us for a long, long time. Day one. So, yeah, yeah shout, one. shout out to Skyview, man. Um, yeah, man. Just everybody out there, thanks for rocking with us. If you are maybe not new, but if you missed the the PJ and Doc Bay era, if you don't know the history of everything, War Room Sports, the company has five principal owners and when we started the show back on September 9th 2010 you know back then all five of us were on the air every week doing our round round table thing so you know for the 500th episode these dudes had to come out of just business partnership they had to get back on the air with us man but let's let's jump into some sports man let's do what we came here to do let's get into some hot topics and hot topics are brought to you by my bookie you guys can make tons of bread sports betting at my bookie. The NFL playoffs are here, and the NBA is teeming towards the All-Star break. But if you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is the perfect time to do so. Lay down some cash on the biggest games in sports. Join us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. It's not .com. It's .ag. If you guys are tired of getting the shaft when it's time to collect on your bets, that's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win. They pay fast, no hassle. You're basically wasting your time sports betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after the game starts. So join now. My bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid. That's all there is to it. All right, man. Jason Garrett has been in the news all week, and and Doc Bay, this is this is your team. We haven't had our resident <laughs> Dallas Cowboys fan in the building in a long time. Yo, he today they met for a third time. They met right after the season. They met again on Tuesday. Everybody, everybody in Cowboy Nation expected him to be fired immediately after the season. But they met again a third time today, and there still hasn't been any word, any verdict on what the situation is. I personally think since his contract is up on the 14th of January, I kind of think they're either, you know, maybe they're trying to do this and not tarnish his resume with the firing. Maybe they're just going to let him finish everything out, pack his stuff, and stall around until the 14th as head coach. Maybe they're trying to give him up, you know, a raise. Maybe they're going to bump him up to assistant GM or something. What y'all think, man? What's the deal with this? 
Man, I think uh, the crazy thing is nothing has surprised me about the Cowboys while I was in the country and since I left the country in terms of, uh, you know, how James the Blueprint Williams talks about um, <laughs> just being uh, not being ignorant and not being mediocre. Um, that's how I feel the Cowboys are being run. Um, it's just mediocrity year after year. So I'm not surprised <laughs> that the shenanigans are taking place uh, with the handling of Coach Garrett's situation. So eight and eight, I'm not surprised. We were three and zero. I wasn't surprised. Then we went zero and three, and then we finished eight and eight. So um, it's just an enjoy. It's an enjoyable show to watch because it brings ratings. But as a football operations network, uh, I don't expect anything positive out of hey, our hey, team. Hey, I got a question for you though. Like I know, I know, I know how it is here in the states. But since you've lived abroad, that whole idea of America's team and, and, and any any city that you go into in America. You see the Cowboys brand logo. So what's the what's the international perspective? Is the Cowboys brand the same way international? Are they are they? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You see random cow Cowboys shirts from uh, expats from other countries and hats. So Cowboys, they they definitely represent globally. So that billion dollars of net worth probably it's like probably two three billion uh right now uh is definitely you see that overseas even when you have transient people from different parts of the country coming over they can be from like minnesota but still be a cowboys fan working in korea yeah. see but that's what i always yeah, probably, tell people that's why i don't understand other fans who argue with you know you can hate the cowboys all you want but i don't understand fans who argue with the moniker America's team like I haven't seen and you know I've traveled a lot within the states I haven't seen a, a franchise with as many fans who live in other places that aren't you know that aren't even from Dallas, Dallas so like how yeah. can you not have that moniker um, when you have fans I, born in every state you know it's, it's I don't understand why I've people are Cowboys fans I've seen Cowboys fans every place I've been to in my life um um, the only thing that comes re- only thing that comes remotely close is there are a lot of Steelers fans across Steelers the world fans. too. But, but you know what though? You think about the Cowboys and Steelers, I think a lot of people will actually team. move from Pittsburgh though because they don't want to live there. Yeah, people don't want to be there. Jerry Jones is a funny, uh, funny guy. He's a funny guy, um, and I guess it's funny for us because we're not Cowboy fans with the exception of Doc Bay. I think he's uh, resigned to his fandom's fate. Um, but for us as, as fans of other teams, and, and, and we've been doing this for, for all of our lives, analyzing sports and, and professionally for the last decade, it's like, yo, dude's ego is so large that he just gets in his own way. Like, I feel like as long as he runs that organization the way he does, selfishly, he's going to rob the fans of any chance of being a truly competitive organization because every coach has to be a yes man to allow him to say that he had his actual finger, intellectual fingers in the creation of the team. And it makes them not competitive when it comes time to really step up into the big leagues. I'm so thankful for Jerry Jones as an NFC East fan. I don't know what to do, man. Please. Yeah. I mean, if your team, team was back in to the playoffs with a nine and seven record, <laughs> you know, being asked themselves <laughs> when the other team but in the I division, like all we talk about every week is how much talent they have. Like, yeah, it, now, it's, it's kind of weird. Because we have no business. But you know what though? 
but but be often right. Like if you if if I'm Jerry Jones, right, my ego is going to be through the roof too. Like think about when he took the team over. He did win a couple mm-hmm. of championships. Now, granted, those were decades ago, but he's had a certain level of success in business where he's built this behemoth to the point where we're talking about how the brand translates. So, I mean, it's all in what you, it's all in what you value. Right. So if financially from, from a financial perspective, he's done an amazing job from a marketing standpoint, he's done an amazing job, but he had the winning, he had, he had the winning formula, but because, Jimmy Johnson would disrespect him in meetings, and and his ego was huge. Gerald couldn't take it, so the question becomes: <laughs> How long are you going to be able to ride this out without without winning? And because society seems to accept mediocrity as long as it makes a big splash, it could be perpetual. It could be forever. But Peter, so but Peter, so like when you when you measure when you measure the level of success of an NFL owner, a lot of times it's not about what have you done for me lately. It's, it's over their entire tenure. There's not too many owners that have had the same level of success that he has, even in winning championships, considering they were long ago. I get that. But think about this, though, right? Let's be, be completely honest. Like, I, I put myself in his shoes, right? I always try to put myself in someone's shoes. If I would have had that level of success, created that amount of revenue, won those championships, I probably would have died of AIDS probably two decades ago. So <laughs> the, fact that, the fact that he walks around with the ego the way he does isn't shocking. Um, you know, he's trying to catch magic again like he did, you know, with his triplets. But, I mean, it's just not shocking. And, and, and also, I, I, you know, I've got a couple thoughts about Jason Garrett that I'm going to save for my PTR. And for those that have been around for a while, you know what PTR is. But at the end of the day, though, I get why Jerry Jones has the kind of ego that he has. Um, but we'll I mean, see. I mean, long term. He's a rich white man that lives term, in you know, Texas. That's, that's <laughs> like, it's, I'm about to say, like, that's step one right there, like. I don't I don't think Jerry Jones, it's clear that he cares. I think there's some dudes out there, they be like, you know, oh well. But I think it really burns him up that his team isn't what is what it's expected to be at the end of every season. Um I just well, don't know I what they're that. doing with this with this Jason Garrett thing because from all of the Weird. Cowboy fans that I've talked to, that I've seen, that I've read, like they're gonna be you know, it's gonna be hell to pay if I mean I guess they're not going to really do nothing because they're still going to spend money but they're going to be upset if dude is brought back I can't see any scenario right now where I don't think it matters Jerry Jones brings him back as the head coach but Dev I don't think it matters because unless the Cowboys bring in a football guy like Mm -hmm. let's say a Sean Payton a Bill Parcells who was there somebody like a Belichick somebody with a strong authoritative personality that's going to tell Jerry, hey, Jerry, you be the owner. Let me run the team. It's not going to happen. So if they bring Garrett back, like, or if they fire somebody and bring in somebody at the same level of Garrett as Garrett, that's not going to make a difference. And I stand corrected. I actually said the Cowboys are worth maybe two or three billion. It's actually they're worth five. They're worth 5.5 billion. They're top three in sports. It's like Cowboys. They're number one. Like, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're number I'm one currently ahead of the Yankees. What did yeah. he pay for the team when he bought them? 150 million. 150 million he paid. See? Yeah. Come Ego on, should man. be off the hook. <laughs> Ego should be off the hook. That's exactly what <laughs> he came up. He came up. No, but, but oh, Bayon well, is right. 
about the type of dude they need. I think the only time he had the gumption to bring somebody like that in there, they didn't have, in my opinion, the same talent that they have now. So that's why oh, Parcells yeah. and everybody, they were arguing about buying the groceries Parcel. and all of that kind of stuff because he didn't have great oh. groceries per se back then. He didn't have um, He didn't have a quarterback. He got Quincy Carter to the playoffs. He got Quincy Carter to the playoffs. quarterback that he wanted to play ended up being one of their you know, greatest quarterbacks ever, but he was he was gone. He didn't even get the benefit from the Romo era. So, yeah. So Quincy Carter was literally snorting coke, and Bill Parcell still carried that team to the playoffs. Like, yo. Yo. No, he was like, he was like Omar Gooding at halftime of that yo, show. But, but, but your, your, your assumption is that snorting coke, I mean, listen, we saw, what smoking, we saw what smoking crack did for LT, so don't don't think that it was the coke that got in the way. Yo. Yo, shout That's out to performance in Miami it. from the City Girls. I see y'all out there. I told you to shout out there. Anyway. Now, I just said cocaine is a performance in him. So, True. Like, <laughs> he it might had, have been worse. I mean, when, when, when Lawrence Taylor is your sample, then you got to believe that that's true. Exactly. <laughs> think, about exactly. think about this as a quarterback. As a quarterback, as someone who takes a lot of hits, you're right. That might actually help. Like, we probably need took more a lot quarterbacks. Of he, took a lot of hits. A lot of hits. he took a lot of hits. He took a lot of hits. He did a lot he of bumps. He didn't feel none of them. Hey, you, you, <laughs> you saw how many bullets Tony Montana took? <laughs> Yo, Tony um, caught an 80 piece and was still talking trash. Like, yo, he was also snorting up a mound, though. Skyview, a.k.a. a.k.a. Langstradamus, in the chat room, he said Urban Meyer is going to be the Cowboys coach next season. I don't even think that works. I don't, that rumor. I, I, I don't think that works. That ain't going to work. Bringing in a college coach, even though they're used to having total control over stuff, it's just it's it's a different beast. A lot of college coaches come up with a lot of fanfare, and they're not ready for what the NFL, you know, well, well, has yeah. to offer you, as far as how much work you, you got to do. Before you get business. to Jerry Jones, in, in in terms of a college coach adjusting to the NFL, and there are some that can do it, but you come yeah. from basically your own little, your own little fiefdom, your own little fiefdom where you are the absolute man. You're like almost bigger than the AD at a school. Then you get to the NFL where you're dealing with, you know, the top of the top on the food chain is actually the quarterback who can say, yo, I'm not practicing today, and what you going to do about it? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, before you get to Jimmy, before you get to Jimmy Johnson, how you, you not recruiting? With a, with a, you might not be in a, a place starting, anybody wants to not recruit with, with a starting, uh, starting NFL cornerback that says, yo, hold my drink, yo. I'm not doing that today. <laughs> What you gonna do? Like, like literally, never hold mind, my drink, Jerry. Jackie. <laughs> yeah, hold my drink, before Mikey. you get to Jerry, to Jerry Jones. Nah, I don't think Urban is built for that. I don't think Urban is built for that. I've heard the rumors as well. Yeah. Well. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, I've heard that rumor. I've heard that rumor a number of places, but I, I think that, but because I've heard it so many places, it wouldn't shock me if it happened. Whether it's successful or a different story, but again, we're talking sure. about the Cowboys who like to make news headlines. If they did go ahead and hire him, even though the playoffs are going on, they'll be the top story in sports. <laughs> They're not even playing. They're you know, going to hire T.O. hire T.O. as their new coach. <laughs> That's my <laughs> The Cowboys memes and jokes have been funny, though, as a Cowboys fan. Seeing those Yo. memes come across. 
Yeah, people have been relentless, man. It's like people hate the Cowboys so much they cannot wait. Because I spent all last week saying, you know, because after the, the Eagles game uh, with the Cowboys, like the memes were crazy. I spent the whole week saying, like, I think a lot of people out here are going to be playing themselves when the Eagles blow this game to, yeah. to New York and the Cowboys still yeah. get in. Like, then what they going to say? Didn't have, picked, you know, it didn't matter. They still got to get their deal cut. I picked New Boston York to win to 100-7. I figured that the Cowboys were going to the playoffs, honestly. That was the Eagles yeah. fan in me, the fickle. <laughs> but like Jimmy said, man, people going to get these jokes and memes off. They don't care. Like, they don't care what they're Not risking. Like, there's no such thing as yeah. reputation for a meme maker. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, nobody, got got dick, dick. You nobody got, get, got no dignity on the internet. Come on, man. Yeah. You got to get these likes, man. What you talking about? Internet. 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 <laughs> <laughs> And it's, it hasn't been any more clear than what I've been going through the last hour on the internet. Idiot, the internet's full of idiots, man. Um, yo, shout out to Court Bennett, yo. We love you, bro. <laughs> Thanks for thank you doing it. Yo, I just wanted to comment though, real quick. Yo, on that note though, shout out to Court though, yo, because Court, Court, um, although we know he's a troll, I literally went to a New Year's Eve celebration and cats asked me like, yo, who Court? Dead serious. <laughs> How did you, you know what though? And shout out to you, Court. If your if your if your intentions are always sincere, then shout out to you because I always yeah, right. looked at you yeah, sure. as a supporter, as a brother. But sometimes lately, man, I think you be trying to sabotage our business, man. Because I, you know, I tell you over and over again about the nonsense that we kind of don't want to be, um, you know, related to. Of- we don't want, yeah, we, we just don't want that to be a part of our brand. And it's like. He knows that, you know, we're not going to censor anybody on the page, so he just keep up with the nonsense anyway. And now it's come to a thing where he hey, has man, this thing. Hey, man, he's with, a needle. Yeah, he, he has this thing with me now. So, like, it, he could think, like today, <laughs> I posted, I shared a, the, the Pistons status when they were putting up them little fake advanced analytics stats per 36 trying to get Derrick Rose into the – um into the all-star game. So somebody who yeah, didn't true. understand that, because somebody came out and said something like, oh, man, if y'all sit down with these little fake news, I was like, no, nah, we were just sharing the the Pistons joint and asking y'all, will he get into the game? Like, that wasn't us. That wasn't our post. So he comes on and starts, you know, co-signing with the dude and all of that, because this is what he does. He comes on with contextless posts, fake news, but his stuff is leading. He always come on and try to diss another player in, in comparison to one player. So it's like he knows exactly what he's doing, but he gets into the minds of these little idiots on the internet. So now he got, you know, this dude. <laughs> on his, yo, it's funny. Yo. Just go read it yo. because I'm sitting there cracking up like, yo, do human beings really think like this? Like, do they really? I'm like, I, I know Court is a troll, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he was clowning and he's making dude feel comfortable. But really, dude looks like the clown. And, you know, B. Austin, I leave it to him. If he's read it, he like the name names. But the other dude is somebody we know, too. But, yo, Pete, yo, this is weird. Part, I just been thinking Court be able to sabotage us sometimes, man. Yo, yo, so shout out to you, Court, because I know you do listen to every episode. So shout out yeah, to you. He's the crazy part of Here's the crazy part about court, though, right? It's weird, and I'm not taking up for him, so court, don't take this as no defense because I still think that you're a troll. But 
You know, I show you love, though. But the crazy part about it is that's why I'd be wondering why he's trying to. He's a representative of the internet. Like, cats be like, yo, what's wrong with him? Why he always posting this crazy stuff? But 100%. they comment on everything he posts. You try to put a serious conversation up there, they don't care about that. They want to see yeah. his troll posts. So they but the, but the thing is, the but the thing is, you know, that's never been our shtick, though. I don't, and that's what he always tells me. Like, well, this is what everybody's, you know, commenting on, brother. Dude, I don't care. Like, we got into this business to be different. Like, I'm, I'm not in this for likes and comments and all that. If we post a good, you know, a good topic, conversational, and a lot, a lot of people don't come to it, that's fine with me. I'd rather not oh, get no, the traffic I, I than get the clown traffic. And, you know, he don't seem to understand I agree with you because, I mean, if we really just wanted to get a bunch of likes, we'd probably just, like, you know, post some of the DMs y'all wives be sending us, like, you know. Let me, let me shut up. Let me shut up. I love, I love, I love all our listeners. No, it I was a joke. All right. Before we take some calls, and, and callers, y'all got to know, you know, all five generals in the building tonight. So calls, we, they can't be long. We literally got to keep them to two minutes or less. Call them King, um, call them King False Post. But before we take calls, man, yo, David Stern, uh, former NBA commissioner, passed away uh, this week at the age of 77. He had like a a brain hemorrhage or something last week, and, you know, a few days later, he passed on. I see David Stern, rightfully so, in my opinion, he's getting a lot of love out there in in these internet streets and these TV streets, these radio streets. Um, and it's weird because you re- you rarely see a commissioner of a sports league. First of all, I don't know why the average fan always has so much vitriol for a sports commissioner. Like they have any clue of what they actually do, and or they have any part of what goes on. But you rarely see this. Like you bring up if you just say Roger Goodell's name, people yo five people from the rafters gonna scream F Roger Goodell. Do they really know why? They don't. Including me, but it's it's, yeah, but it's the it's the sporty thing to do. It's the trendy thing to do. Even when Stern was in the league, remember how everybody used to call him? Oh, he's so racist with the dress code and all of this and all of this. Now that he passed, you know, either you know they're they're finally admitting the things that he's done for the game, or or maybe they're still just repeating stuff that they hear everybody everybody else say. But he was really great for the product, for the brand of basketball. You know, Jimmy used to talk about all the time how Nike and the NBA marketed Michael Jordan and, you know, had him become what he ended up becoming. And I think individual players then and now are benefiting off, you know, what David Stern led. What are y'all, what are y'all thoughts on the commissioner Americans, the late commissioner? Yo. For right or wrong, man, he he is the commissioner of one of the biggest, the league that had the biggest impact on my life in terms of the sport that I love the most. <laughs> like David Stern. Time out, big. Tobias in the uh, in the sport in the chat group. He said, "Tell Court y'all don't want to be black sports online." Yeah, not a lot of people gonna get that. <laughs> but I feel that. All right, go ahead, my bad. <laughs> Yo, shout out to him, though. We feel that because of blood. <laughs> Never mind. Um, yeah, I just, I, 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 yo, man, y'all silly. I feel, I feel 
this loss, like, damn, like, if so, you know, everybody, we, we deal with people passing on all the time, but with David yeah, you Stern. Yeah, hurt be often, you cool, Carl? No, no, I mean, it, 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 ain't like, it ain't like it's Nipsey or somebody, but so, <laughs> shout out to St. Nick. Be often in his feelings right now, cuz. Like, yeah, you, about to man, a, I, I, you about to do a, um, a song like The Lock or something, cuz? I didn't want to see David die. <laughs> Every Every move I made. <laughs> so shout no, out to you, dude. Dude, dude remember, I, I told you the story, you know, All-Star Weekend 2001, I met dude. Um, that was and, hanging out with Boy and Austin. Yeah, I actually, I actually did get to hang out with dude for like 30 minutes. He was cool. He was drunk as all giddy up. And if, you know, you know, people was calling him racist back then for dress code, so maybe he was too drunk to realize, you know, young black dude standing in his face, but he was he was he was really cool. Like he seemed more I don't know. I don't know what word I can use, but he just didn't seem like a, a old white dude. Like even the way he was kinda hard with you not around. So you in heaven watching us while he was drunk. Because he wasn't sitting in a chair. Yo. Boy was sitting on a table with his back up against the wall. Like, I mean, at the end of like the day, picturing, man, like he put, he 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 took the sport to a place where he put millions and millions of money into the streets, man. I think the only uh, the only uh, the only um, Ofe that put as much money in the streets as David Stern is probably Ronald Reagan, but that's for a different reason, and we're not gonna get into that <laughs> because you know what I'm saying I don't want some people uh knocking on my door. But with that being said, though, um, shout out to White Boy Rick. Yeah, here's, here's some stuff. Here's some tangible stuff that people can hold on to. He said, you know, at the time when he came, the NBA was lagging behind the NFL and Major League Baseball in both revenue and television profile. This is when he took over, but by the time he stepped down, he had surpassed Pete Rozelle of the NFL as the longest tenured commissioner in the history of any major North American team sports. He'd overseen the league's growth. Um, remember when he first got there, there was fears that the league was going into extinction in the late seventies. You know, everybody always talks about Magic Johnson and and Larry Bird, how they quote quote unquote saved the NBA in the eighties, but they went from fears of extinction in the late seventies to a $5 billion enterprise. The television revenue increased more than 40 fold during his tenure, um, crossing the $1 billion threshold. And, you know, Adam Silver, it's just he's just taking what Stern left him, and even being more progressive with it. Adam Silver, you know, sometimes we taking stuff a little far, but he's the people's commissioner. They were the players commissioner. Everybody Adam loves Adam his bag. But hold on though, yeah. he took it to a five billion dollar enterprise. That's crazy. When Jerry Jerry Jones, no man, but we won't we won't leave that alone. But um, <laughs> he took his one franchise. David Stern's how feed the streets, man. So he does get a lot of love, man, because a lot of those cats yeah. are showing him love, especially all them ex NBA players. Um, you yeah, know, hey, before they, he they, died, before uh, JW, before he died, he did an uh, interview with uh, Al Harrington. And Al Harrington, who played in the NBA, he has cannabis dispensaries around the country. And he actually uh, quoted David Stern, David Stern as saying, uh, he prefers that players uh, take cannabis to help with pain than the narcotics that are sp- prescribed to them. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, so he, make that happen. 
the, yeah. the world wasn't ready for it. He probably, but I mean, at the end you, of the day, man, like I, I see why he gets the love he gets. Um, I mean, you Adam remember his Silver biggest accomplishment? He he went away from the whole team thing, as bad as that sounds, and focused on, you know, the, the biggest stars in the NBA. He focused Yo. on stars, a, a, a formula that they still use in the NBA. As men, as mentioned, as mentioned in sports, the book. I just got to say that because I'll be writing from the future. You know what I'm saying? So, but but that's that's, that's a fact Asia. though. That's fact though. They 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 straight. That's no chuff. That's fact though. They um they market individual players, and you know that that's kind of problematic in an era where we got you know super teams. And you know, now we should say uh super teams because it's all about the the duos. But he did use that formula, and I've seen other leagues try it. You know, it doesn't work the same. But it works. It works in basketball when you got five guys. Um, out there at one time, it's kind of difficult in the NFL. <laughs> but at the end of the day, man, um, the boy's a legend, you know. Yo, and stab you in his bag today on on app number five hundred. He said, "Until I see a post on Twitter from Craig Hodges, we don't believe you. You need more people." <laughs> Good. Uh, Craig yo, Hodges definitely Craig don't Hodges, feel the man. same way as everybody else. Yo, free Craig Hodges, man. Yo, yeah. Wasn't Craig, no Hodges, yo, Craig Hodges is the one that he kicked out of the league, and my man had wasn't he in a three point contest and like a uh, white yo, beater. Just a shirt. He just had on a shirt with no sponsor. Yeah, might have been a Nike shirt. I don't know, but he had like an M one set before M one came. No, out. he had like a white. He had a white tee with like a yellow stain under the arms in that jump. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't believe you. You need more people. <laughs> That's for you, Skyview. Yeah, you thought who was rocking this for a long, long time. Some old sound bites that we used. Somebody got to get a JoJo today, so don't, don't, don't. Let's not forget. Yo, free Craig Hodges, Free Craig Amazing. and rest in power to David Stern. Let's go to the phone lines real quick. Let's take a couple before we move on. Uh, we got Tobias calling in from Arizona. What up, Tobias? Tobias. Man, I'm actually surprised that you got to. I'm surprised you didn't make me wait an hour and a half to get to me, Dev. I'm usually like yeah, making dinner by the time you get to my call. But, uh, <laughs> I, want, I want to know why Tobias always blaming me, though. He always blamed me. Yo, Tobias. You're the only one that's here. The other two be load managing all the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, and then you got, I never heard of five generals. You got Andre Eagle Dollar and Darren Collison, the buyout guys here today. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, all of y'all were the world today, man. Everybody. Hey, but here's the thing, though, know, man. Go ahead, we man. You know because we, we know your white girl making you dinner so much. Speak it to your dinner from your hey, white girl with her casserole. I actually date the one dark-skinned black girl who hates cooking. But anyway, uh, but <laughs> she won't be on Kyrie's boat. But uh, <laughs> but here's the thing, guys. Y'all talking about David Stern, right? Be awesome sound like earlier talking about, don't leave me, Mr. Candy. That's how you'll sound if you second be awesome, man. You gotta get, but, uh, but, but, but here's the thing, guys. I got to say this real quick. Hey, I got two quick things. I know you got to run, guys. But uh, the Derek... The reason I brought that up because he's in the East and Victor Oladipo's out. Kyrie may not make us. He didn't play. And it's between him and Chris Billis. Ben, ben Simmons you, won't shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and they got Jimmy Butler as a front court player, right? So if you look at Chris Miller's numbers, Derek Rose putting up about the same numbers he is. <laughs> and, you know, so, and plus, it's an exhibition. 
these guys are already getting their money. These guys are getting max dollars anyway because teams are scared to let bad players go. So I'm like, what? and if Draymond could get in, why can't he? <laughs> Because the game's in Chicago, he's from Chicago, it would be a great story. When when we talked earlier in the chat about um, between him and yeah. Middleton, the only reason I'm saying I was kind of looking into what, what they're going to be thinking because, you know, that's going to come down to a coach's pick. I think the coaches, especially in today's day and age, they're going to look at it and say, well, they have similar statistics, but – Chris Middleton is doing it for the number one team in the NBA, so they're gonna they're gonna automatically so, gauge that yeah. his statistics mean more. And, you know, and I would even ask that coach Giannis also probably be trash. Um, and I would ask that coach also why Bradley Beal gonna make it then? Right. See, no, <laughs> I, no, I think that's <laughs> different though because Bradley Beal. A couple things. I think when it comes to stars. Oh, he's great though. Bradley Beal's great. Even if your team well. isn't great, like stars from bad teams have always made the All Star game. I just think Derrick Rose, the fact that he's on a bad team and he's coming off the bench, which is their that's that's their decision because Derrick Rose is better than any guard they have in the starting lineup. So I, you know, I don't understand why he doesn't start for that team anyway. I don't understand his role. But Reggie Jackson's uh, still in the league. Right. <laughs> I don't even understand. So I think they're kind of they sabotaging him with this bench role. You put Derrick Rose in, give him three, four more minutes a game, he probably has better stats than than. Chris Middleton, and he's a starter, it might not matter as much. But they, they're not going to put a bench player. If they do, it's going to be because he's from Chicago. Yo, first off, first off, yeah. first off, the All-Star game is a joke. But I found something interesting. I think they should put Derrick Rose in just so he can rep for the GDs because the Joan is in Chicago. So, I think they should put <laughs> the GDs. Shout out to Chicken. But, hey, I, I'm, I'm hey the free, free Mac Zach. Zach Levine should get yo. in before Derrick Rose. And, oh, I, and also, right, Tobias, you are you're a Bulls fan, and I find it interesting. And this is not slander; it's just that Bulls fans like that. still rep for Derrick Rose. Bulls fans still rep for Derrick Rose as if he's a bull. I, I find that interesting. More than like, they own, more than they own God. More than yeah, they I tell own you what, I think well, they all look at Derrick Rose as, as as what could have been. You know what I'm saying? Been, the same yeah. way, and I think to, to with less reason, the same way Washington fans still look at RG three. Even though I I, I think RD three had a chance to show you that he was a bum, Derrick Rose literally <laughs> got derailed by hey, injuries. Re- remember, they're going to tell you that RG three got derailed by injuries, but I, hey, I and, think and remember the, the Bulls the Bulls front office is the epitome of white privilege. This is the same Bulls front office that dumped Derrick Rose to say we're going to get younger, more athletic, and better shooting and better pace, and they signed old Dwayne Wade and Ray John Rondo. But anyway. Do any of y'all gentlemen know whether Victor Oladipo is still dating Bria Miles? Because if he's still dating Bria Miles, I say give him the nod anyway. Even if no, he you ain't lying, lying, bro. If you leave it to the fans, you're probably making it anyway. That's why they had to take fifty percent of the fans' power because the fans, yo, Alex Caruso got ninety-two. Dog, yo, Taco, yo, Taco, Taco fall like the third center. Taco fall, Taco fall, Taco played a minute in the league yet? Hey, I can't remember Taco fall actually getting in a game other than a G League game. Yeah, all that is all that is cool. Back to to Victor Oladipo and his girlfriend. Fans are idiots, man. That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. 
I'll say this tonight. I know y'all got to get the other people. Congratulations on the milestone. Keep up the good work for real. But uh, Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. I know everybody going to Tua, right? And as an Alabama fan, you know I'm very objective. He should go to the NFL. And I say, hey, hey, because you know I crap on my team when I crap on when they mess up. You know, I'll be honest about them. But I think he should go to the NFL. You don't crap on until after they embarrass you. Then you ain't got no yeah, choice. well, hey, hey, but I am <laughs> glad they kind of stuck hashtag, to Jim Harbaugh, though. But, uh, God, I hate Harbaugh. But, yo, but, go ahead. All I was going to say is I agree with you. He should go because there's no benefit of him coming back. Like, is, is right. he's, no not reason. Improve his, his, he's not going to improve his um his, his, his ranking or where he gets picked. Yeah. Uh, so there's nothing for him to gain. He's only going to risk getting injured again. And, or and injured. Not ever getting injured. And to be honest with you guys, I think Saban wants him to go. And uh, cause hey, they already got the number one quarterback coming in anyway. They got other good quarterbacks, but you know the one thing about him, he'll tell you, hey, if you're a high prospect, leave, get out of here. It'd be the one like this guy probably Saban's timetable on him was up. Saban was expecting him to go. He didn't expect him to have to think about it. Yeah, that's a good point. Saban recruits. He recruits on a specific cycle. Like, yo, I'm trying to get you up out of here because we got the next dude. He's not trying to wait. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, also, hey. and plus, what kind of look would it be? Even if Tua said, hey, I'm doing my own coach, didn't pitch me or nothing, he got hurt in college. How would that be a bad – that would be a bad look, even though the coach may not say stay. And so, I think because what people don't realize also, the money is in your second contract. And if you go to a crap team – you may not see that second contract. If you go to a good one where there's no pressure to play right now, then you may be able to play that next year and may go to a good coach, a good team, and then get that second contract. Look at Patrick Mahomes. He went to Andy Reid, <laughs> you know. And, um, he, yeah, and so so it may work. You may lose a couple of dollars in the initial contract, but, you, but it may work out in the long run for you. And so – I hope he leaves, man, to be honest. And, and if I was advising him, I'd tell him, go ahead and leave. Don't look back. He did everything you do. You won a national title. You, you could probably eat for free in Tuscaloosa the rest of your life, man. I, just just leave. Now that he ain't on the team, black men ain't allowed to be in Tuscaloosa once you ain't playing no more. Hey, <laughs> you know they say also Jimmy. Hey, they also say, right? They got, hey, they got hey, some bias about it there. Hey, hey, you know what they say when a black guy in Tuscaloosa write the team. You say, hey, 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 Trey Quanius, please give us the charger back, and please give girl back also. Uh, (laughs) 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 Hey, but you guys take it easy, guy. All right, man. Shout out to to Mr. Big Chess. No white girls. Yo, I just got to send a shout out real quick to Bria Miles just because. Yo, just because. Because, I thought she cut her. I thought she cut her hair off. I see it. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dad. I see. Oh, no. No, let's. We got. We got the homie Rob from Cali calling. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rob, can you hear? Yo, what's up, man? How y'all doing, man? All right, how man, you, man. AKA 500. That's how we. Yo, call. man. Yo, man. It's your boy Big Rob, AKA Cat hey. Burglar. Yo, man. It's your boy Big Rob, AKA. Nice and smooth, like yo, Usher style. It's your boy Rob, aka yo. I just watch Holla at the Cost of Winch, nose my banana pants. It's an eggplant. Pause. What's good, man? How y'all doing? Oh, 
Rob says the most suspect things purposely and then says false. Like, nah, it don't work that way. <laughs> My man said, AKA, I want to take Carson Wentz in the mouth. Listen, I'm a grown man. I really don't care, dude. I know. Yo, 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 I'm, I'm, yo, I'm, I'm excited. Bob, yo, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yo, my team, my team did something that I haven't. I did not. I did not think this was gonna happen. I did not think this was gonna happen. What, Rob, what's gonna happen? We gonna get in the playoffs and get smacked <laughs> to oblivion. Yo, it ain't it ain't nothing to be excited about. Listen, bro. Said, as long as the oblivion. Cowboys are not in the playoffs, I don't care. True, true, true. true but we ain't have good. to. Yo. Is he? Yo, Jimmy, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and 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 share this on air with our brothers because they didn't have the privilege of hearing it live. Uh, Doc Bay, PJ. Rob once called the air live to ask Jimmy what sort of moisturizer he uses in a face. <laughs> I am not saying that. I am not saying that. This is a telephone game. All I did was a telephone game. All I did is compliment Jimmy's hair. That was it. Okay? I didn't, I, I, I didn't say nothing else. But you know what? If he wants to take that imagination and say whatever, go ahead. But anyways. All right. Yeah, but wait, anyway, wait, wait, I wait, think, what's up? What's your ego going to do, man? I, well, what did the awesome just say? Probably get smacked into oblivion. Uh, you know I what? did not think they were going to make the playoffs. I did not, not think so. Like a homer, because y'all know I don't do that. If you ever listen to show, you know. You know, I I curb stomp the Eagles every time I get a chance. But I think if something were to happen, I think they got the best matchup they could possibly ask for in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, we got that. I don't know. I think they've got the best match. You you know what? And and I don't want any fans of these teams to think I'm disrespecting or anything like that because I don't think. I'm not saying this to say that the Eagles are better than the Seahawks or the 49ers for that matter. But – what I am saying, if you look at the NFC field, they got the best possible matchups. Seattle couldn't – you couldn't get better than Seattle in the first – and it all came down to Seahawks versus the 49ers. So the fact that the 49ers ended up winning that game gives the Eagles the Seahawks in the first round. If they can get past them, by virtue of them getting the number one seed, they would have to go to San Francisco. Now, San Francisco's had a hell of a season, but we we talked about this throughout the season. It's like you don't, you still don't know in a big, big moment how much you can trust them because they're new again to you know to being a, one of the best teams in the league. So I I'd, I'd rather I'd rather play Seattle and a possible San Francisco than have any part of. I don't uh, parts of the Saints. I don't just like just like in the Super Bowl season, I I think the Super Bowl season would have went differently had we went up against the Saints. So again, thank you to the Minnesota Vikings for that miracle that they pulled off. What if that happens again? What if somebody else gets the Saints out of there? You know, Aaron Rodgers is dispatched, and and like they could possibly get another easy route. 
But I don't want to hype people up because people are probably out there thinking like, yeah, you're dead, I, I, yeah. I'm not really I saying that. I'm just saying if there was a chance. Yo, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it a, I'm gonna keep it a bean. You're, you're absolutely right. We do have the best possible, uh, route to, to traverse. But we got, we got, we got a, we got a mash unit on offense. We got guys that don't <laughs> shot, play football. They he just, shot the Boston George you. though. <laughs> yeah, we got Boston Dude. George running the rock. Yo, did y'all what? see during the game the other day? There was a line to get into the blue tent, like. The Eagles need a bouncer at the blue tent. You gotta bribe dudes to get in. It's like a club. Yeah, yo, yo, that look crazy. That look like that look yo. like the champagne from a night on Broadway. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, we gotta wait to <laughs> yeah. you. Right. All right, Rob, yeah. go ahead, man. We didn't we didn't cut you off. The, go ahead. I, I, I do I do I I I do think like and and, and, and you all right, because I think we matched up well with the Seahawks. I just don't trust the defense this this time as I trust them. Don't trust the offense. Why you trust the offense? We don't have anybody. All we got is tight ends and running backs. I mean, I mean, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, the the innovation. The Cowboys, Giants, I, I and Washington, a little bit of a different beast than Seattle, San Francisco, Saints. So while it was great, that last four games, I don't want it to cloud anybody's vision uh, and not, think listen, that man. it's just that easy I mean, we, to run a free yeah, tight end set. And I be mean, successful. I mean, we, and you can't go down I mean, the field. The comp about to be different, yo. The comp about to be I, I, different, man. It's my man Styles yeah. South P say, man, you about to mess with the upper echelon of teams, man. So, I mean, we, we, we still. I mean, listen, 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 listen. We still have enough to compete. Now, as far as if it goes into shootout, like as, Back as, as like, like like man, if y'all keep yo, we really, don't know, bro, we gonna do this. Come on, man. You be making stuff up. Go ahead. Up yours. Up yours. No, man. finish your well, point, Rob. Oh, come on. What I got to do with this? Yo. Man, man. But, but anyway. No, finish your like, point, yo. Yo, people blame bro, me for everything they don't like about Warren. Yo, I'm not going to do that. I blame your cow co-host. I blame your cow co-host. But anyway, listen, man. I I forgot my thought. My, 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 my. <laughs> what did he say? What did he handle fire, yo? You forgot that fan show? Yo, yo, Rob, you my yo, Rob. We love you. Yo, Rob, y'all, yo, Rob, y'all, 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 y'all talk about my out there for you to forget that fast cause. Yo, you smoked the stickiest. You smoked the stickiest of icky for that. To Cali bud, man, it got the best bud. I mean, yeah, you and that you are in Cali, cause. <laughs> smoke the. But 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 my point is. It's just like the Big L said, my guns go boom, boom, your guns go pow, pow. If they get a shootout with any team, I don't think they could win because we don't have no firepower. Now, I will say this. I can't even hate on a Big L reference. I ain't expect that. No, we going to say? No, I didn't expect that Big L reference from you. Big L reference. Props to that. What you know about Big L, man? Uh, man, all y'all, all y'all don't away. understand. Y'all don't understand. I've been dissing New Yorkers. I, 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 I lived on 
uh, are Jamaica, Queens, 133rd and Bedell, Rochdale Village, in Brooklyn, East New York, with the PS233, okay. Fairfield okay. Tower. Yes, that's why I clown on New Yorkers, because I used to live there. Come on now. But anyways. I, I, okay. I don't understand that logic, though. Why wouldn't they be your homies? Why are you clowning what? Why? Cause why not? I clown my All right, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Why All right, not? Yeah, finish your point. I mean, Dev used to bait me saying, "Oh, we, you want to clown about Philly? I ain't gonna clown nothing about Philly. I got love for Philly. The only thing I don't like, I like. By the way, shout yeah. to Germantown. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't like is that Philly, the Sixers, the Sixers, created this idea of tanking. And which every other, especially in this split to the NFL, every fan thinks, oh, we take or get a great best draft pick. And the thing is, it's not about getting the best draft pick or how many picks you have. It's about picking the right players for your, your team. But but anyways, but but anyways, but but anyways, you know that Rob? It, it that's become the thing to say when your team is garbage. Every team is not tanking. Some some teams are just trash. Like the Seventy Sixers let you know at every turn. Like if a dude had a twenty point game, he's getting benched for the next game. Like they let you know that all right, we don't want to win. Like everybody else, their their team is out there trying. G- GM it, start right. using that as like a cop out. Right. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah they're not really tanking. Yeah. And, and fans are using that as a, a cop out. Nobody wants to say anymore that their team is garbage. Now we all tank it. All right. Speaking, but, but speaking, what, speaking what, to the playoffs, what? Rob, we're, we we going we stick around. We're gonna get to these playoffs in a little bit. We appreciate you. We got love for you. Thanks for sticking with us through five hundred yeah, episodes. We got a we got right, a role. And, all and, right, and, Rob. And, and, wait, wait, wait. I, I do want to say one thing. The Eagles need a new. A new, a new coach, a new defensive coordinator. Doug no. Peterson. You gonna shit on the D back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, wait, 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 wait. It's because the head coach, because Doug Peterson is a very great head coach. I'll put him over You're Andy Reid. Doug Peterson, all the credit for everybody on his staff because that's the one you like. That's not fair, right? Huh? We'll talk about it, though. We yeah. holler at you, man. Dude, I, it's back. not fair. I said right, Tuesday right. should be an offensive coordinator, and people laughed at me. Now, who's that now? Come on. I hit the wrong joint. Who? Who? Deuce Staley. Hold on. Deuce got a neck tattoo. I have no clue what Deuce does, except for fist bump players on the side. Y'all just like who you like. players on the side. I'm not saying Deuce isn't good, but people just ride that because they like Deuce. What have you ever seen Deuce do besides fist bump a dude after he got a first down? We got to go, Rob, though. We're not talking about this right now. Oh, we got to let you rest. We'll talk All right, Rob. Right, right. All right, Rob. <laughs> like, like, I ain't mad at Deuce, but people be riding the Deuce train and have no clue what Deuce ever did. No, I'm going to keep it. People I'm like him because he's like a homeboy. He's like a young I'm gonna boy. Keep it, I'm going to keep it 100. I don't know what Deuce. I thought, isn't he the running backs coach? Like, that's yeah. the only thing I ever. Yeah, I, I don't know what it does. I don't know what talking about, man. Shout out to Deuce. If somebody is going to hire him for something like that, then more power to Deuce. But stop acting like y'all really know what Deuce be out there doing. Because a running back is good, <laughs> it don't mean Deuce did something. <laughs> they drafted Bull for a reason. Cause he's Yo, he nice. said something. He said, he said, he said, um, he takes Doug Peterson over Andy Reid. Yo, he's tripping. I, all y'all, Yo, he y'all is Eagles tripping. fans, right? 
I'm gonna yeah. get your opinion on that though, because I know some people who uh, who said that, but that's oh, only because he won a Super Bowl. I'm about to say, Jimmy, it's like you're not, like, you're not gonna get objectivity from that out, because he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, if Andy Reid um, pulls out one Super Bowl, he goes up to the up in my style's P voice, the upper echelon of coaches yeah. in the history of the game. I, I, I told you I, that. I think Andy Reid is a Super Bowl Andy, went away from having his name yo, mentioned with the absolute great. Yo, I think exactly. Andy you know is already he's already in the upper echelon. To be honest with you, Andy's we know all of Andy's faults and we've magnified them, we've examined them, we've looked, so we know his limitations. But if we are honest with ourselves and we and we and we step back and look at it objectively, Andy Reid is a top top level head man. Like he's a great NFL coach. Okay. And a lot of people love about Doug Peterson. When he said that, I was like, I was like, hold on, he's tripping a little bit. But I just want to make sure it wasn't just me. That's all. No, no. I love Doug Peterson how he's aggressive, like on like fourth down stuff like that. But yeah, he fourth when it doesn't work. They hate Doug Ford. Come on, Doug, you're doing too much. So, so let me ask y'all. So with uh with Jim Johnson as the with Jimmy Johnson as the I mean, is it hold on, what's our what was our coordinator's name that passed died of cancer yeah, yeah. back in the early days? So here's my thing. Has do you think that our defense the year we won the Super Bowl was better than some of those defenses that we Hell had no. we had? Nah. No, right. hell. No. That's why that, that that's why that window was so wasted because our defense was always one of the tops in the league consistently. Like when we won the Super Bowl, the defense was good most of the time, but they were even in the Super Bowl they got gashed. Like and even getting, yeah, even if you look at the secondary a little bit and you try to compare no. the secondaries. No. Our, sec- our secondary, our secondary was exotic. right now. Our secondary right now. PJ, I'm pretty sure you're still in shape. Go ahead and get them boys a phone call, man. They, they, <laughs> terrible. Yo, I'll be thinking, yo, when times is rough out here in these streets, I'll be yo. considering it, Austin. I'll be out here running <laughs> up and down Nick and Drive with a video. Yo. Yo. <laughs> Put it in the green, the bull with the green, the bull with the green, the bull with the green hair, the bull with the green hair. He is one exuberant celebration away from getting stolen. Like, he's terrible. <laughs> I hate terrible. No, they be celebrating when when they didn't even really do anything. Like the quarterback yeah. throws the ball five yards out of bounds, and they come yeah. back like they, they celebrate. No. Michael, Michael, Michael yeah. Gallup, oh Michael Gallup dropped the pass. Homie jumped up and did the 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 running man and 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 the yeah, Cristiano yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah, he was five yards in front of you though. Like yo, he. <laughs> And if, and and I'll give him I'll be objective and give him a little bit. He is good with his hands, Paul. At the line of scrimmage, he's a big guy. If he stays close, but the minute you break from him, he runs like a four, five, six, and that's literal. That's not an exaggeration. Like he's not Yo, fast at all. Defensive line so runs four, five, six in twenty nineteen. Yo, he is done. He got tight end speed. He is done. And be right, celebrating and then Sydney. Sydney, Sydney. Of, um, we know they trash B. Speaking of quarterbacks throwing bad balls, I'm gonna mix the stat of the week and the and the quote of the week all in the one this week. So the stat of the week is your man Jameis Winston uh, making history in dramatic form, with being the first quarterback in NFL history to throw 30 plus touchdowns, 33 to be exact, 
and 30 interceptions in a single season. Yo, and he, had, and he had a record seven pick sixes this season. Now, like I, when I say dramatic fashion, this dude, legend. We, we were in the chat the whole time. And shout out to DJ Willie G, who's in the uh, chat room now. Shout out to Tobias. They're both Tampa Bay Bucks fans. We're in the chat the whole time talking about Jameis possibly making history. That's why I had to explain to Willie, like, I don't hate Jameis. I don't hate Tampa Bay or anything like that. I just wanted to see history being made. Like, I hate it. Game went down to the line. It got down to the two-minute drill, but Atlanta had the ball. They ran the whole clock out. But kick, but ended up kicking a field goal, put the game in overtime. When they did that, I was like, yo, they just tied the game. They're going to give Jameis another shot at this at this mile, at this milestone, albeit a negative one. And, like, a lot of the times, like, we're joking. We think we're joking. They go into overtime. He gets an extra shot after not getting the record in, in regulation and oh, maybe getting oh, away without getting his negative stain. He goes oh, into overtime fear. and throws a pick six. Oh and my dear! Watch this! Yeah. Oh Yo, my! I, I, it was unbelievable, but it was so believable at the same time. So the the, the quote of the week was: Jameis says after the game, you know, you look at my numbers and I'm balling. I give you some context on that. Um, they were asking him. Uh, they were asking him about next year because y'all know his contract is up, so we don't know if they're going to bring him back. And if they do bring him back, is it going to be on a franchise tag or is he going to get the big money that he's looking for? So he said, you know, when asked the question about next year and what he needs to fix, he said, we all know. Come on. We we all know what we've got to fix. There's no reason for me to be specific. You look at my numbers and I'm balling. I've got to stop giving the ball to the other team. That's not a trick question. And and his numbers have been, you know, a part of con- conversation all week. I mean, basically all year because he does put up a lot of numbers. But I think a lot of the context behind that is he usually puts them in a in a bad position with early turnovers. So they're throwing the ball a lot. I think he threw the ball like an average of 39 times per game. We know we're in the past happy era of football now, but an average of 39 times a game is, is still crazy. So what, what are your thoughts on this this that and this quote before we move on. Crab legs is a whole legend, and I agree with him, yo. If I just eat, listen, <laughs> Jameis is out there balling. He's doing what um a lot of quote unquote gunslinging quarterbacks have done in the past, and they get celebrated for it, although they have a different complexion. Um, yeah, but you know don't why. celebrate. But you know, I knew, I, I, I celebrate. Yeah, I knew you don't celebrate them. No, 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 no. But what I was saying is. I'm going to give him the same benefit of the doubt. I'm a black protectionist right now. And even beyond that, though, I also recognize, and I think Tobias was the one that pointed it out. He started showing the um, quarterbacks in their first year under Bruce Arians um, because it was, a, it was a statistic about Peyton Manning throwing um, a, a god-awful number of picks in his first year under Arians. It was another – who's the other quarterback? But his first year under yeah. Arians was his first year. It wasn't just Manning though, but they were, they, they were the same age. Maybe did Jameis come in extra early or something? Uh, he came in at 21. 
Because Manning at the same Manning at the same age as as Jameis threw about the same number of picks. Carson Palmer was another one. Carson, shout to uh, Tobias hooking me up with the answer. Carson Palmer threw damn near thirty picks. So, you know, I don't. In terms of what he said, listen, man, they got to bring him back. I don't see anybody better than him for them to uh, put in that spot right now. Now, Jameis is also asking for like thirty M's. So, uh. Do you give yeah, him a 30 20, Yeah, because Peyton came in at 22. At 25, he, he threw, yeah, he threw 23 picks. He had two seasons in the 20s. His rookie season, he threw 28. Then he went down to 15-15, and then when he was 25, he had 23. So is 25 years old like a bad number for quarterbacks? I don't know, Jamie. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the next Peyton Manning. Manning. I mean, let's find out. Maybe he's the next Peyton Manning. Maybe, but it, but it's up to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to see if they're going to let him stick around to find that out. I mean, you look at his numbers, like whether, you know, context or no context, like his numbers are diesel. <laughs> like James be out there slinging it. He, he's, his numbers are diesel. He threw for over 5,000 yards this season, 60% completion percentage. Yes. I mean, it's, it's like his, what he said is kind of like a Booger McFarlane. Um, type <laughs> quote. If I I gotta stop giving the ball to the other team, well, duh. Yo, <laughs> because if you didn't give the ball to the other team, and they could actually get some wins off of this, he'd be an MVP consideration. As you know, with the numbers that he puts up. But that's the thing. His like we we do compare him to gunslingers of the past. You already know, Jim, because you you've said it. Countless amount of times. Once you get that one Super Bowl win under your belt, you can basically do whatever you want for the rest of your career. And Favre always had that to fall back on, and countless playoffs. Jameis puts up these numbers, and I'm not saying it's his fault, but because it seems like Tampa Bay's offense and defense are never strong at the same time. Because I remember, you know, a few years back, Tampa Bay had a hell of a defense. And they were waiting for the offense to get good. And then when Jameis got some weapons at wide receiver, then the defense fell off. So they can't get it right at the same time. But with the numbers he puts up, they've never been to the playoffs, you know, with him at the helm. And, you know, it's something's got to give. Like, you got to do something yeah. for people to, to, to look past that. Because, like, you're right. He don't have a, the complexion for the connection. So, Yo. <laughs> Yo. And besides that, me, I'm not going to keep real. If you blue, red, yellow. Yo. The ball driven. has more interceptions than games. Yo, like way more interceptions than games. He's played Yo. 70 he games. He has 88 interceptions. No, he has 70 games started. He has 88 interceptions. <laughs> Yo, he's Yo. Hashtag Mr. Excitement. Hold up, hold on, hold on. Be awesome. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you uh, did a 180. You used to call him the the Holy Ghost. What happened? I thought he was I, your guy. I, 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 did. I, I did. did. I did. I did. He, he came. Yo, he, and I changed. He came in the league. He was my guy. I held him up. And then I looked at his completion percentage. And then I looked at the the way he gave the ball to the other team, probably in 2016, it started to wear on my nerves a little bit. But 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 last year, I, I couldn't do it anymore, man. I haven't seen the improvement that I need. And this year, 
This year? No, I'm cool. See, but the, the thing I'm is, cool. it's never because, like, his numbers, his interception numbers have never been even close to being what they were this season. The problem with Jameis is he keeps his ratio so close no matter what his interceptions are. You know what I'm saying? Bro, like, close like, to the same amount threw, of interceptions as touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he threw 15, 18, 11, and 14. But then those years, the touchdowns were like 22, 28, 19, and 19. Now, if he would have gone like he did this year and threw 33 touchdowns to like 11 picks that he threw in 2017 – that would look yeah, much better. Teachers ratio oh, too. So it's like yo, if you are balling, you gotta, you know, get, get I guess you got yo, you got um, a time Brady. If you're gonna throw thirty, then you gotta throw fifty touchdowns. All right, a couple things, couple things real quick. Um uh Tobias in the group chat said that, you know, if you win a Super Bowl, you could lock girls in the bathroom like Big Ben. Um pretty much. That's what I'm saying. You get you, also, you get a pass. That's he also real. wants to ask B. Austin. He asked B. Austin, would you take Jameis? B. Austin, he wants to know, would you take Jameis or Derek Carr? Uh, See, that's that's a that's a comparison of do too much to not do enough. Not doing enough. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, Derek, listen, I take Derek, Derek Carr. I take Derek yeah, Carr. Derek Carr isn't going to take the gambles, and I get it from a Bruce Arian standpoint. See, the argument that people are going to make is that Bruce Arian wants you to push the ball down the field, intermediate routes and deep routes. And, 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 but my thing is he fits with the way Jameis has always played because Jameis has always been a risk taker. It's just magnified now because he's got a coach that wants those shots and he, and, and he doesn't mind putting up the 50, 50 ball. Derek this Carr, is a real question. This ain't even a joke. This, this is a real question. Does Jameis wear contacts? No, it's a dead serious question because you know, you know, we remember them days, especially at Florida State, when they used to always show him squinting on the sideline. Yeah. And have that not, and then come to the league and just give the ball to the other team. Like people are really gonna look at that like, well, does he have an issue with his vision? Because he is an NFL player, you would have figured if he did, they would have done something about that right now. See, I'm Yo. I'm, I'm, I'm on my BP, too. I'm trying to get a boy excuses. Like, you know, Yo, I don't want neither none of them boys. I don't want neither <laughs> none of them. Give me – yo, give me Spencer Wet. But, yo, um – Spencer Wet, R.I.P., the legend. Rest in peace. Joe, so, so be Austin. Be Austin, you're saying that uh, with the risk that Jameis takes, it's commensurate to the risk that he have t- it's commensurate to the risk that he was taking off the field with all of his uh, run-ins with authorities. It's the Whoa. same risk that he's taking on the field. With all them big words coming from the future, I'm gonna just say you're trying to disrespect James. <laughs> like, no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shout out to Crab Legs, though, man. Y'all gonna leave Crab Legs alone. If he's thinking nah, up next I, year, I, we all gonna cook him though. Yo, he tried to risk it all with Drea. I know that. She was like, no. Nah. Um, but Drea, but Dre, never mind, never mind. That's it. We, especially me me and B. Austin been fans of Jameis, Jameis since the draft. I, I was I was definitely a fan especially, of Jameis. Especially when I used to, you know, because I'm not even about taking sides or anything like that. I kind of hate when fans do it. And you just pick players and you feel like you got to take a side. Can't like both people, but 
I used to absolutely crap on Marcus Mariota when they made that comparison. Yeah. Like James yeah. is way yeah. better. Yeah. I was still way I, better. I, I, not that he's not. He's I, I way better about than Marcus, Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is what we said he was going to be. Yeah. And now Tannehill is running his team into the playoffs. The media, wow. the media used to act like Marcus Mariota was that bull. And I would look at Jameis and his skill set and tools. I'm like, yo, Jameis takes and makes throws that Marcus Mariota doesn't even know exist. He wouldn't even look to, to, to make that throw in, in, in practice. So I was like, yo, Jameis has way more upside. But my thing is his cavalier attitude with the rock, like, yo, my man, my man, he puts it all out there, and a lot of times it doesn't go well for his. He has multiple, multiple interception games, like multiple say like, games where he's thrown two. You trying picks. to say Marcus Marcus Mariota is like uh, what's the boy Jake Jake Fromm? Yeah, he's a Jake Fromm. I watched the game last night, Fromm. right? He's a Fromm. And Jake Fromm Jake Fromm was out there um, playing quarterback. Yeah, thought, that's what you want to call this it. my man, Jake Fromm. He's way better than Marcus I know that's your guy there. I know that's your guy from Netflix. But, yo, the announcer during the game literally said, Jake Fromm can be a pretty good quarterback. He said he just struggles a lot with accuracy, with throw, with arm strength, and reading. <laughs> I was like, yo, I think Marcus Mariota was such an average passer. I used to watch his games in the NFL, and they would be so complimentary anytime he threw an accurate pass. That's how you can tell somebody done something once in a while that you didn't expect because you're going overboard because he completed one 15-yard pass. Like, yo, a lot of quarterbacks do that. That's what they do for Jake Fromm, yo. They do the same thing for Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm. That's what I do for Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm drops back and sees the I don't even watch Jake Fromm play. I just take up for him because he, he was my man on Jake Netflix. Jake Fromm is in reality because he watched reality TV. Jake Fromm was a reality TV star, man. That's my man. He's the other boy, my man, too. He can't even get on the field. Matter of fact, he a white boy that they try to turn into a receiver. What's the other dude, Jim, from Vegas? You know you, yo, you know you, man, when you, when you a white boy and they try to make you a receiver. You know you've never been a playing quarterback. Yeah, they don't even yo. do that to white boys. You man with Ohio James. State, and then he, he transferred to Miami to try to make him a, a wide receiver. Can't remember his name. I, I, guess, I guess I guess I believe I'm I'm gonna go this. I'm gonna go here. Jimmy gonna real get really get angry. I believe right, James is more intelligent than he shows on the field. Like from an intellectual standpoint, my man. Like, what are you reading? What are you reading? You're not an athlete, so you can't make these mistakes. You can't. I see James like James does a lot of technical quarterback stuff that a lot of people wouldn't notice. Like he climbs the pocket. Like he does a lot in the pocket yeah. without yeah. running, without scrambling. He can't like run. He climbing and yeah, James be he be doing his thing and then you know Man, then he's balling. He got to stop throwing picks. He balling. He threw a lot of touchdowns this year because he threw seven to the other guys. He threw thirty three to his guys. You know. I mean, if you want to count it that way, good not a lot of James, not a lot of James's passes hit the turf. Put it that way. <laughs> Somebody gonna catch the jump. But shout out to him, man. You got to do better, James. Yo, y'all ready? Y'all ready to pass the rock? I was trying to start. Make sure, PJ, you you ready? Hell yeah! I ain't, I ain't know if you was in, if you if you was there yet. All right, I don't know how long y'all been listening, man, but this used to be a, a 
every week segment. It's called Pass the Rock, and we basically used it as a segment. I guess it was like a two-minute rant, you know, for for each other. It didn't have to be a rant, but we some angry dudes, so we always turned it into a rant. <laughs> it's basically just our editorial on just something we wanted to talk about, but it always came across angry <laughs> because we some angry dudes, man. So we're going to bring that back for our 500th episode and we're going to pass that rock. So I'm going to inbound this rock to the homie Jimmy so he can get it started. Let's okay, go! No, I, get to, I get to go first. Like, like you know what I'm saying? It's like a locks jaw. I mean, anyway, um, Yo, what's up, Ox? Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's good to have everybody back in the building, though. So, and this is not really going to be a rant, actually. I want to take my opportunity to actually, you know, um, shine light on somebody, give them praise, man. What's up, Lauren family? Everybody listening live. And for those listening on the podcast, man, salute to y'all. This is episode 500. We're excited about it. This is Jimmy, a.k.a. The Blueprint. And I want to talk to you today about a living legend. Now, this legend has been the Cowboys head coach for 90% of the past decade. I'm talking about the longtime War Room listener and the illegitimate son of Jerry Jones and also a symbol of strategy over emotion. That's one Jason Garrett. Now, I have no proof that he's Jerry's son, but the fact that he's been able to hold on as long as he has is proof that I'm on to something or he probably has evidence of Jerry trying to force himself into the tasty meat pocket of someone that he shouldn't be. Or maybe he has footage of Jerry clapping cheeks with someone that he shouldn't. But here's the thing, right? You can point to the fact that Jason Garrett actually has a record of 85 and 67. Or you can point to the fact that his players just aren't as good as they're advertised. But either way, he's been able to survive coaching America's team for almost a decade without any playoff or Super Bowl success. And I do want to speak to that. We talked about it earlier. Speaking of the Cowboys being America's team, I just want to again salute Jerry Jones for his marketing prowess because although they aren't even in the playoffs, they're still a top story in sports media. And considering I'm talking about them right now, you know, we're just as guilty as the mainstream sports media with all of their hyperbole and hot takes, even though um, most of those dudes in sports media now wear man weaves, no shot at anybody, but y'all know who y'all are. Anyway, um, also considering how more teams' fan bases are excited about the Cowboys' failure than they are of their own team's success, and you guys know who you are too. But anyway, back to the legend Garrett. Now, I call him a legend, not just because he's a longtime listener of the War Room, and not because of his success or lack thereof in coaching, but he is a symbol of not getting too emotional when things are bad. Life has its ups and downs, and far too frequent people act on emotion and not strategy, and they end up making bad situations worse, but not Jason. He just sits there and claps. If his team is up by 40, Jason claps. If his team is down by 50, Jason claps. If his job is threatened, guess what Jason does? He claps. So I feel like we all can learn not to react with emotion and just clap our way through it. Regardless of what happens with Jason, we should all appreciate him for what he's shown us about dealing with stressful situations. So I just want to take my opportunity to salute Jason while he deals with another stressful situation. I'm pretty sure the reason he has had so many meetings with Jerry is because Jerry doesn't know how to respond to someone who sits there and claps while you're talking about firing him from their job. So before I pass, so. I mean, that's, that's got to, I mean, why else are you meeting this boy 50, 11 times, right? So with that being said, in honor of uh, the legend Jason Garrett, man, I want to do one thing before I pass this rock. I just want to – yo, salute to you, Jason Garrett, because you are a legend, 
Yo, and with that being said, I'm going to pass the rock to my brother B. Austin. B. Austin was really good. Yo, B. Austin, like, I ain't doing this. Yo, what happened to B. Austin, yo? I don't know. B. Austin, you good? <laughs> yo! Finally, the rock has come back to B. Austin. All right, you passing the, passin the doc back. I know you ain't got no joint. Oh, you ain't read it. (laughs) (laughs) NBA NBA rule number 10, section 13, traveling. A player who receives the ball while he is progressing or upon completion of a dribble may take two steps in coming to a stop, passing, or shooting the ball. A player who receives the ball while he is progressing must release the ball Start his dribble before a second step. Now, what I've noticed in the last decade, perhaps a decade and a half, but I'm going to go with the last decade, are things I'm being told such as um, crab dribbles or the hang dribble. Gathering. We're now just gathering. Now we've gotten to the gather step. Now, when I played basketball, I was allowed to dribble, pick my dribble up, take two steps, and lay the ball up. I was allowed to take a dribble, take my two steps, make a pass. I'm noticing more and more often as I watch the playgrounds, as I watch high school, and yes, as I watch the NBA, people are taking three steps, people are taking four steps, people are even taking five steps and saying, my gather. My gather allows me. No, I'm not done dribbling. It's my gather. Yo, if you don't get the F out of here with that, I'll be forced to trash you and punch you in the chest. And then I'm going to go to jail because I'm damn near 40. Stop ruining this thing of mine. Stop traveling. Shoot the rock, pass the ball, or get off my court. And with that, I'm going to pass the rock because I'm done with my two steps to Doc Beck. No gather? Oh. No gather. <laughs> Thank you, B. Austin. Thank you, B. Austin. Much appreciated, good brother. Um, greetings, War Room Nation. It's an honor to be on this show while living in Seoul, South Korea. And I want to give a shout-out to Hoodie Mello, a.k.a. Carmelo Anthony, who is averaging 16 points per game six rebounds per game at the age of 35 after being out of the NBA for a year. But with that being said, I want to look at two young NBA players, uh, Luka Doncic and Trey Young. And these two players are moving themselves into historical categories as second-year NBA players, and it's obviously they have not hit the sophomore slump. First of all, Luka Doncic, Dallas Mavericks, 20-year-old, second-year small forward, a.k.a. point forward, a.k.a. small power forward, a.k.a. big point guard. And he's from Slovenia, which used to be a part of the former Yugoslavia. And his father is a former basketball player uh, who is also Serbian. And his mother uh, is a former model and uh, hairdresser. Uh, He's averaging 29 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, 9 assists per game on 47% field goal shooting, 32% behind the arc, and 80% from the foul line. But he's doing this in only 32 minutes per game, 
which ranks him 44th in the NBA in minutes played. Now, there are YouTube videos that are calling him the best 20-year-old NBA player in league history where people have taken analytics charts and graphs and compared him to uh, other players either in their second year in the NBA or at age 20, and it comes out that he's off the charts and he technically, statistically, would be the best 20-year-old NBA player ever. And his Dallas Mavericks are a top five seed in the Western Conference. Now, the next person we're going to talk about is Trey Young. He's Atlanta Hawks, 21-year-old, second-year point guard who was born in Lubbock, Texas, grew up in Norman, Oklahoma, and went to, the, went to Oklahoma University for one year. He's averaging 29 points per game, eight assists per game, four assists per game on 44% field goal shooting, 37% on threes, 85% from the foul line, and only 35 minutes per game, which ranks him 20th in the NBA in terms of minutes per game. There are YouTube videos that says he may be the best point guard in NBA history. Now, that's hyperbole, but the stats he's putting, he's putting up cannot be denied. But he also plays for the worst team in the NBA. Now... From a historical context, many great players play 38 to 40 minutes per game. Historically, LeBron, he played 42 minutes per game one year. Uh, Jordan played 40, close to 40 minutes per game or more. Kobe, in his second year as a starter, played 38 minutes. KD uh, played 39 minutes. And we all know that Allen Iverson hovered around 40 minutes per game each year. This year in the NBA, Kyle Lowry and James Harden currently lead the NBA at 38 minutes per game. So the question is, if Luca and Trey played 38 minutes per game, how good would their stats be? I know they are only in their second years, and we don't know how their careers will unfold, but I wish them all the best. And on that note, I'm going to kick it out to Dev. All right. Y'all being nice. I guess I got to be angry. People already don't like me. So first, <laughs> I want to start off by sincerely saying thank you to all of those out there who supported us at some point along the way, whether you've been with us since the inaugural episode on September 9th, 2010, or jumped on at any time in between, I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Of course, we wouldn't still be around if you guys weren't out there listening. Now, I've got to dish you. <laughs> that is, if the shoe fits. Uh, if it doesn't, then don't mind me, I'm just venting. I have to admit that the current state of sports talk beginning with the most famous talking heads in the business, whose utter daily nonsense trickles down into the psyche of sports fans that I have to talk to on social media every day, is complete and total ass. Hot takes, hyperbole, egregious biasness, and flat-out trolling is the order of the day in sports talk. Not just in sports talk, in society in general, but sports is the industry where I have to hear fans repeat unintelligent BS day after day. Because of it, I've almost completely lost my luster for a good sports conversation. And y'all know, you know, that's not me because honestly a good sports conversation is at least an endangered species and at most already extinct. The less people actually know, the louder they are. A lot of y'all need to just shut up. As my brother blueprint says all the time, sports talk is dead. Y'all killed it. This is why we can't have nice things. And with that, I throw the one-handed, no-look alley-oop to my brother PJ trailing down the middle of the lane. Yeah. Good chance, brother. Listen, y'all, my good brothers, fans of the War Room, you may know that I'm a, a super exotic fan of the sport of boxing. I love boxing. 
my favorite sport to watch, my favorite sport to follow. And honestly, right now, I'm kind of in a good place because thanks to my man, the real, the real ghost, Al Heyman, who nobody knows what he looks like, he's bringing, he's bringing top-notch professional fights back to primetime television without paying a pay-per-view ticket. Yes, sir. When I talk about the boxing and the way I love it, it's the science. I love the science. I love the strategy. I love the, the, the dedication and the hard work that it takes to even prepare your body to be in a fight as well as your mind to go into combat with somebody. And right now, boxing is alive and well. Like, there are dozens of talented young lions that are out here giving, putting on good fights. And if you go anywhere from, I say, the bantam to light, I'm sorry, junior lightweight to super middleweight, all the way up to even, uh, like, uh, light heavyweight, you have great fights and great talent. However, when you go up to that stinking, disgusting heavyweight division, you see a bunch of hot, warm, sloppy trash. I want to remind you guys, the heavyweight division was the lifeblood of this sport that we call boxing and this pugilistic science that I speak of since the 1920s when the ancestor Jack Johnson was knocking out white boys and then putting white girls' legs behind their heads. I'm going to leave you that deck. But if you continue from there and you move up through the decades, through the decades, you have tons of amazing heavyweight champions that carry that sport. And up until and through civil rights, being the heavyweight champion of the world was the most in vogue sports title you would want to have. Now, why that transitioned and changed and now being Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or LeBron James is more in vogue than that is a different, is a different uh, discussion for a different day. We can talk about that. But right around the late 90s, right into the new millennium, the early 2000s, the heavyweight division started to be a bunch of nut-stinking trash. The heavyweight division right now, guys, is comprised of a bunch of Division II, ex-tight ends, defensive ends, offensive tackles, and power forwards who didn't pan out and make it to the league. So I guess this is big joke figure. I'm big. <laughs> I like to fight. I can throw a punch. F it. I'm a box. That's not cool. Because now you got to this day. In the light of the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury rematch fight that's coming in February, which the first fight was a good fight. But you have Deontay Wildman Wilder, who sits atop the heavyweight division, who hits hard. He looks like he hits like a mule foot. If you could see what a mule, reverse mule foot, he would feel like against his chin, it's probably what Deontay Wilder sits down on a right, straight right or right hook and lands it. But guys, he can't box to save his life. I bring you back to some of the heavyweight champions of the Mike Tyson, the James Bonecrusher Smith, the, the, hell, the Michael Spence, the Muhammad Ali. I mean, we could go on for days, guys, but I'm not going to do that right now. All I'm saying is this. Heavyweight division, you've got to set your game up. All y'all ex-football and basketball players that are above six feet and way over 250, stop trying to box, man. You're messing up the sport. You're messing it up I'm going to hit y'all with one of my Tasmanian tomahawk, Indian, I mean, 
silverback reverse dunk. <laughs> hanging on the side of the rim in a reverse pull-up position. I'm winking at Shorty over there on the corner. She's trying to choose up on me, but I'm married to fall back. Now, I land on one foot, looking up at the sky, tongue wagging, raising to the roof. The crowd goes by. Hey yo, hey, yo, crazy thing, real quick, real quick. And um, that was past the rock, there. people. <laughs> yo, that was definitely past the rock. Real quick, though, I got a couple points uh, to to um to Doc Bay's jaunt. It's crazy. I hate when people take like what someone does and try to project out what they'll do if they play more minutes. Like mm-hmm. you can't do that. And and yeah. yo, my man Wilt averaged, that was... Wilt averaged thirty-eight and twenty-eight in his second year, like. <laughs> But Jim, that was the whole yeah. point of me sharing no, I, the I Detroit Pistons uh, thing today. That's what I'm saying, but you you can't tell them two idiots that this you know and the thing saying something totally different than why we posted the thing. Like they were, Yo, it was per and, 36 all the numbers they put up for Derrick Rose, but they put per 36 so small and such fine print, so tiny that yeah, people it just looked like they were just trying to fool people and kind of change the narrative to get their player into the Yo, per and, and my thing is why the, the Pistons why do the Pistons have to put up per thirty six numbers for Derrick Rose? Why don't you just give them more minutes? To to what PJ what PJ was saying, yo, I agree with you. In, in, in the crazy part is even with that being said, when Wilder fights my man from the UK I still want to see that. <laughs> yo, even though they I want to see all of it, see. Jim. I just don't want to pay for it. I don't think that none of it is that, worth yo, paying that, for. That, that's the truth, yo. <laughs> hey, Peter, do you, do you use uh do you use Dazen? What's it called? Dazen? Dazen? I think they pronounce it Dazon. I don't know how they got that out of how they uh, spell it. But that's, that's ashy. it looks it, it's crazy because it looks like Dazen, but it's kind of yeah. like like you said that they kind of call it Dazon. I feel like depending on who's saying it, they pronounce it different. They probably only did that because it's kind of like a new because y'all know that foreign fighter saying it as own. Yeah, HBO doesn't do boxing anymore, so HBO kind of surrendered their whole boxing, uh, their boxing platform. So now Dazon is trying to kind of pick up, (laughs) pick up where it left off. But you figure you got to hear boxing and you got to thank the ghost Al Heyman for bringing Al Heyman is a real legend, y'all. Yo, and that zone is not bad. I actually plan on subscribing because for the price of one fight, you can get a yeah. whole year of fights. You just you just cross I'm, your I'm fingers gonna... and hope they have a great slate of fights for the year. But like PJ said, a lot of the stuff in the lower divisions are great if you take the time to Yo, watch. How much them. Do, um, how much does Daz and Corrupt cost? Is is ninety nine dollars no, for a year, or you could. If you pay for a year up front, it's $99. Basically, $100 if you pay for a year up front. But if you don't, yeah. it's like $20 a month. So it's like, oh, it's no, a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a no-brainer because it's, it's a no-brainer because you're going to pay $90 for that pay-per-view on HD, no, I, I, one pay-per-view, you know, right. for one fight. Or I just hit them internet streets, but that's either here nor there because I don't do that. But, yeah, but Dazone, cut the check because, you know, we kind of... <laughs> Kind of advertising for y'all right here, but um, yeah, we we uh, yeah. So let, let's 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 check on along. I see we got some calls on the line. Somebody get their screen team get on. The We're gonna on. get to that stuff. Um, I got real it. quick, man. We're gonna uh, talk about what happened uh, this week while y'all were on the grind. Jimmy the Blueprint, you got that. 
We only got one thing to talk about. So. Oh, okay. All right, no doubt. Well, you know I mean, you screen team thing because I'm going to talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. what happened this past week while you were on the grind, and that's brought to you by Sports the Book, which is just the bottom line. It's the greatest sports book ever written, and if you disagree, your mom. Um, you can get it at sportsthebook.com, or you can get it right at our hub at warroomsports.com. But um, listen, man, the one story that I want to ask you guys about, like, you know, um, three of you guys are Eagles fans. Eagles fans look highly upset because the NFL made an NFL playoff ad hype slash hype video. Like, you know, they make ads to try to hype up the whole playoffs coming. And in that hype video, it didn't include the Eagles at all. It had every other team that's in the playoffs with the exception of the Eagles. So And and, and the Vikings. The Vikings, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot about them because they they, yeah. they're really irrelevant. But, oh, yeah, the Vikings, too. But um, <laughs> Eagles fans. Eagles fans got highly upset. Um, Eagles try to make their own video. Like, they try to well, make their own thing. Now, I get it, though. Like, you got to look at any reason. Everybody always wants to be an underdog, man. Like, so you try to find any sort of motivation you can. But I also feel like, uh, and I'll just give my point real fast before you gentlemen jump on. Didn't the Eagles make, they, they were the last team to get put in, right? Well, that's the last team because the Seahawks and the uh, Niners. But they made the playoffs. Well, the, the Seahawks and Niners were both in. They were already they just, in the you know, that was just a game for positioning. So, yeah. So, were the Eagles, were the, Eagles the last team to actually get in the playoffs? I, I think that was the case. I think it was the Eagles and the, the Vikings, the last to solidify spot. Definitely the Eagles because they couldn't even get in, you know, unless they ended up winning that game. And it was a 425 game. So, that's what I was All thinking. Right, so, here's my question. I could have – oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <clears throat> is it is so is it is it much to do about nothing? And let's just say the Eagles would have lost and the Cowboys went in. Do you think they would have found time to put the Cowboys in it? I'm just saying. Now that's that's a good question. See, but that's what I was about to tell you, Jim. I could have I, I swear for God <laughs> that I saw that commercial come on prior to that game being over. So of course it was it was already done. And if you're gonna do that I, and you wanna run it before the games are over, it's pretty difficult to put a, a eight and seven team who's fighting for their lives and they have to win and they have to, you know, well, they, if they win, they were in, but like you needed, even if they lost the game, you needed the, the Cowboys to lose for them to still get in. So I kind of understand it because I, like I said, I swear I saw that commercial before that game was over and the Cowboys aren't in it either. So I think they just, they say, we're just going to forego the NFC East, because we don't really know who's going to be in this. So I think it's much to do about nothing. But like you said, everybody wants to jump on something um, to say that they've been disrespected, to say that they're the underdog and all that kind of stuff. It's all good for me, though. Like, I think the Eagles, I think Philadelphia teams in general play better when there are no expectations, <laughs> when when they are under the radar, when people don't believe in them. So, you know, why cry about Something like that. You know the Eagles gonna make a hype video anyway. So why do you need to be why do you need to have like point eight seconds in an NFL video? Because every team got like five, six seconds of, of airtime on there. So it's not really that serious. Okay. All right, got you. I mean I, I just wonder because I think that if the Cowboys made it somehow They might have had a different they might have had a different cut. They might have had a different edit that had that had the boys in it. Definitely, but it, definitely because. Yo, we got some breaking news real quick. Um, 
Uh-oh. And I know, like, y'all like, what? Yo, Kendall Jenner and, and Ben Simmons are fi- are back at it. They spent New Year's Eve together, so the blogs got them being back in. I don't know what this means for his game. Um, You know, I just want to point Yo, that out, that they're probably just, a couple again. Jimmy just black sports online, though. All right, congratulations to Ben. Um, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> but, no, I, 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 I do – I don't know. They, they might have had another edit, but I think if the Cowboys would have made it, and they would have got on the commercial, it would have just been a shot of Jason Garrett clapping on the sideline. So it's all good. Legend. Legend. <laughs> it is all good. Yeah, yeah man. So that's what know. happened this past week while you were on the grind. No, you only got 20 minutes left. Um, I'm going to give some, some birthday shout-outs or what have you. So, you know, that's all I want to talk about while you were on the grind. I found that interesting considering that uh, Eagles fans right. really got their panties in a bunch. Yeah, so we're going to do that. We're going to give some birthday shout-outs mixed with this date in sports history. Get this stuff out of the way at the same time so we can um, get back to them phone lines. I see we still, you know, we got some calls waiting for us on the line. So, having a birthday today, uh, let's see who we got. We got Scott Mitchell, Detroit Lions fame. Remember that year Scott Mitchell threw for 4,000, Barry rushed for over 1,000. Yeah, uh, he had two thousand yard receivers, Brett Perryman and, and yeah um, Herman Moore. Herman Moore. I'm like, how am I gonna forget the number one receiver? Yo, so shout out to Scott Mitchell for his lefty. one year of being good. He turns fifty two years old. It's my birthday, uh, yeah! Edgar Martinez, take it to the MLB, is fifty seven years old. Yo, y'all getting old if cats like Edgar Martinez Yo. and the next yeah. guy, David Cohn. Are both fifty-seven years old. My birthday! Y'all some Yay. old <laughs> With a name and like we got, um, Martinez, you tell he got that work for cheap. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and we got two rest in peace birthday shout-outs. And you know, PJ was just speaking about the sweet science of boxing. The first one is Tommy Morrison. Um, I don't know, y'all might know him better as Tommy Gunn from Rocky Five, but Tommy Morrison, the heavyweight. Uh, he was born January 2nd, 1969. He actually died from complications of age, September 1st, 2013. Uh, another rest in peace birthday shout out to Pernell Sweet P. Whitaker, who was born January 2nd, 1964, and just died about six months ago, uh, July 14th, 2019, when he got hit by a car while he was walking across the street. Mm. So, um, yeah, shout out to, to them, rest in power, to Tommy Morrison and Sweet P, Pernell Whitaker. This date in sports history, still talking about the sweet science. PJ, this was, this was back in the day when it wasn't so sweet. January 2nd, 1865. Welterweight, Die! Con Orm, listen, welterweight, Con Orm, and heavyweight, Hugh O'Neill, brawled for 185 rounds. Before darkness ended the legendary bare knuckle boxing match in Virginia City, Montana. Falk hey, is wrong with them. 185 rounds bare knuckle. First of all, they must have hit like some punks. If you go on 185 and you can't knock a dude out. And one of them was a heavyweight fighting a welterweight. So they didn't care about, I mean, weight classes back then? Yo, no, I, coming long I hope the rounds were like 15 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> Ding! 
I've never been a professional fighter. I had a couple of scraps in my life in the streets. I never been in a fight that lasted past like three or four minutes. How you how you brawl for 185 rounds? Uh, and and Jim, three or four a minutes, three minute and anyway. a three minute rumble feels like you've been fighting for at least 35 minutes. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. 185 <laughs> rounds. Come on, man. Come on, cuz. You go home. You go home embellishing. Yeah, so I was hitting the ball. Yo, I hit him with like nine straight jabs, and they was like, "Dude, it was only like four the whole fight was like four punches thrown in the whole fight. Like you ain't hit nobody with no nine jabs." Yo, yo, my thing is, what kind of cardio did they do back then? Come on, cuz. Yo, but they probably. But the thing, if if darkness didn't get them first, if it didn't get dark, because obviously they were on some Kimbo slice fighting in the backyard. If it didn't get dark, then they probably would have just died. Because if you went to 185, like. <laughs> what were you doing? Were you fighting to the death? Because when does yeah, that? Yeah, how you know somebody? Yeah, we like, 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 like a two hundred round card. Like for the heavyweight <laughs> champion, two hundred rounds of boxing. <laughs> like what? How did the scorekeeper <laughs> stay awake though? How did the judges stay awake? <laughs> Who's judging that? Yo, I'm telling you, I don't think <laughs> it was a judge. Probably wasn't a ref. Yo, I wonder how many rounds Mike Tyson fought in his entire career. Did he fight 185 rounds his whole career? I wonder. Because <laughs> probably, probably not. Maybe around the Hall of Fame. There's probably people in the Boxing Hall of Fame who haven't like actually fought 185 rounds total. So That's funny that, that, that you said. Because when you said that, Jim, I was about to like look up his record and then just times it by 12. But I forgot most of his fights ended in the first round. Yeah, most of his fights. That's, that's, that's my name, Mike. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So he might not have made it to 185. Yeah, Mike was clocking in and out real early back then. Like, yeah, 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 Mike yeah, was putting yeah. his bed like Krabmatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So we'd like to give a war room salute to this historical moment and all of these folks on their birthdays. Let y'all know what y'all can do. Y'all can check out our website at warroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, just dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. Jimmy, just pay this bill real quick. Get us into more hot topics, and then we'll take phone yes, calls sir. right on the other side of that. And these hot topics are brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you or your business need a custom website, listen, unless, unless you're a young lady who has the OnlyFans page, you probably should have your own custom website. And how do you get that? You go to digitalextremetech.com. You can call them at 267-205-4203. Like I said, it doesn't matter what business you're in. Uh, and the only, only way you should have a different site is if you're a young lady whose actions are one with the season and you're an OnlyFans, and I understand. Other than that, <laughs> digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203. Tell them you heard it in the war room. You get that special hookup price. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure you do that. But anyway, so let's right. talk about this thing of us. But yeah, no, no, well, let's, let's, take some calls. Take some calls. Take some yeah, calls. I'm you, we got the homie Nas calling in from down in GA. What up, Nas? Nah, ain't nothing, man. Salute to y'all, 500, man. Half a rack. Yeah, that's an accomplishment, Appreciate man. It. Folks, nah, folks don't understand. What up, big dog? Podcasts no. like, like like people break up like on some humbug. Like one dude stop calling, <laughs> one dude calls in off the bottle. Before you know it, dude, you're beefing, the bottle. and dude. the podcast is over. Like yo, you know how we yo, know that almost firsthand because you know we got a network, so we got other podcasts, and yo, we had so many <laughs> podcasts come and go. Like we we've sat with people and negotiated stuff for months. 
and then they get on, give us one episode, and then we never hear from them again. Like, yo, what was up? Y'all was hitting us up like y'all was hungry. Like, yo. Yo, shout to to Doc Bay, who has already done the research. Mike Tyson fought a total of 215 rounds in his career. So they all Mm. caught Mike in one one bare-knuckle fight. Yeah, (laughs) right. No doctors at this fight. Imagine what the rules was back then. People were easily 147-pound dude fighting a... Probably a 200 pounds. Who wants to watch that? It has to get boring at some point. Like, people still sitting around watching it? Like, come on, cuz. Yeah, yeah it's 1800, so you ain't got nothing to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's true. That's true. I think I can whoop it. So they set up the fight. Right. You know, I, I can whoop it. They ain't had, they yeah. had yeah. IG. They, couldn't double, they, they ain't had IG back then. They couldn't double tap no cheeks. So I guess they ain't had nothing to do. <laughs> hey, check Bad. this out, though. And they just abolished slavery, yeah. so, you know, they couldn't make the black people fight no more. Muhammad Ali fought 548 rounds. Wow. Man. Wow. Ali. See what happened yeah, in the competitive true. era? Muhammad Ali was fighting yeah. all timers, so you know them fights was gonna last. But but right. then yeah. some of the stuff y'all hit on y'all uh on y'all past the rock stuff, man. Like look, man, the NBA is different than it used to be. Like usage rates are based on like remember when you used to play against a team where somebody's dad was the coach and they run the whole plate the whole game through that guy. Well, you can Dude, do that in the NBA That's how we mm-hmm. saw Isaiah Thomas average 25-plus. He's not really a 25-plus player, but if you if you run the usage race through a Trey or through a Luka, who I call Harden, son, because he got a lot of James Harden uh, faulty faultiness to him, uh, jumping into people, begging for calls and all that. It, it is what it is. But either way, man, the NBA, to a certain degree, man, you can't finesse things. And guys will look a lot better than what they are. But man, you give Zeke the green light that you that Trey has. Can you imagine Zeke being able to pull from whenever, whenever <laughs> however he wanted to? Yeah. Like, nah. Yeah, that's bro. true. It's that's totally true. That's true. different now, bro. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, as as James, man. Oh, go ahead. Yo, as far no, as I was agreeing with you. I was just thinking, I was thinking about what you said. That's all. I was saying, man, if you're <laughs> right, like if if Zeke had that green light, oh my god. Oh yeah, you did all day. But as far as Jameis, it just depends on if you're a gambler, dog. Uh, I feel you on the BP thing, or some people are trying to stick up for him. It is what he is. He's a turnover-prone, high-volume quarterback. So if he ever gets it right, you may not be around for it. So he gets people fired with the way that he plays. <laughs> and honestly, right. he can read defenses. He knows where everything is. He just makes careless throws, and he also makes throws that are Brett Favre in, where he's just trying to fit things in. He like just he threw think- a pick six. On a <laughs> right, right. ego throw, on a little pitch out, he'll throw a pick six. I mean, the dude is—it <laughs> it, it is what it is with Jameis. But if you're Tampa, man, I mean, you kind of got to roll with him. You really have no other choice because you don't want to be around when he goes somewhere else and they finally get it right. So and I, I, get I don't right. imagine right, <laughs> right. So I don't imagine him leaving, man. Uh, what else? Yeah. Oh, Cowboys, Eagles. That showed you what coaching is. Like, coaching, you win on the margins. Like, if you have a better coach and another team has better talent, you're not going to be way better than them. But marginally, you could be better than them. That Eagles coach is probably happier about this team than he is the Super Bowl team. Why? Because coaches got egos, too. And when they bring an injury-riddled, talent-kind-of-deprived team to the playoffs, like, that dude is patting himself on the back every morning. Because they know where in hell that team should be in the playoffs, bro. Like, keeping it a buck. He got them there. Y'all better not, not ever try to run that man out of town. Salute to him. No, it, but, uh, it, yeah. was like, oh, like well. this, it was like video games when, you know, back in the day when the video games didn't have everybody's name. 
It's like wide receiver number 16 just caught a pass. Like, <laughs> dudes were catching uh, passes. I was I watching too. the game in here with a, you know, with a bunch of Eagles fans, and we, like, slapping hands like, yeah, number 19. Like, you know, who are these dudes? <laughs> and it's crazy. They actually opened it up a little bit against the Giants and went downfield more because the last four weeks they've just been seven yards to the tight ends, three tight end sets, like, they bought some dudes off the practice squad and actually threw some deep balls. Oh, I say, I know he. Hey, he, man, he y'all, y'all trying to suit up Ertz with a floating rib. So, I mean, y'all yeah, they need, they need to let that go, man. You know, they said he lacerated his kidney as well. Like, the, the bone in the rib lacerated his kidney. Let that man sound painful. Let that fix everything. It sounds deathful. As hell, it sounds like he could die on the field. <laughs> Maybe he can't, but Fine. to me it does because I don't know what what, what all some of that is. Quincy Carter cocaine. <laughs> Just rub it on his ribs. Oh, oh, oh! I guess the last thing I said. Did y'all see Colbert dunk Robin Lopez and then find out that Robin Lopez is actually crazy and Lopez none of his big at his back? <laughs> Yo, as a little dude in the league, you got to look out for the bigs like they offensive linemen. Otherwise, you could be out there like that, looking shook, like he was about to, like he was about to lose his yeah. life. And that yeah, Robert Lopez is about that action. He squared up with Surge. I, I know he lame and he sound like whatever, but unless you're Robert Lopez, yeah. he about that I always looked at him like that. I always looked at the Lopez twins like that. I knew Robin kind of was about that. He probably grew up like protecting Brooke, and Brooke was like the better athlete, but. <laughs> yeah, you got energy, right. bro. Don't don't, don't flex the dude. Well, yeah, all, yeah. Right, all right, Nas. All right, thanks for your call, man. As usual, we appreciate all it. All right, Nas. Peace. Hey, Dev. Hey, Dev. Hank cussing us out. Hank said, "Bring him on, man." Oh, my bad, Hank. We yeah, Hank. Hank might as well just come on and stay on with us for the rest of the show. Hank, what up, man? Yo, what's going on, fellas? Congratulations, what's up, what's up Hank. Thank wow, you, buddy, man. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just wanted to call it up. Tell y'all congratulations. Tell you the truth, man. Just I, 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 I'm, I'm just so happy that y'all made it to the 500 episode. It's great. Me, I was one of the people that was listening at the beginning. So to hear all five of y'all along, you know, I, I, it's just bringing back great memories. I love the past the oh, rock yeah. segment. I, Jim, you remember yeah, the days? We used to jump off yeah. the air and then run to listen to Hank's <laughs> show because they started at eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, no. Congrats, man. Yo, and, and just. I don't think that y'all gave Jameis enough respect for what he did. Like, we got to not only think about the fact that he hit the 30 for 30, but he, he did a walk-off interception for the 30th interception, too. And I didn't even tell y'all this, because, you know, we we living in the era of DVR. I didn't even tell y'all this. As much as we were talking about it, and I was hyping up the fact that the game might go to overtime in the chat group. Yo, I missed it. I went to the bathroom. I came back. And they were talking like, I came back and they, and they were talking. I had to rewind it to see it happen. Like, it was crazy. I'm like, yo, no, he didn't. I was like, no, he didn't. Because they didn't, like, when I got back, they were talking, like, the studio people were talking. They didn't say, I didn't hear what happened. But the fact that the game was over that quick, I was like, yo, no, he didn't. And then I rewinded it. And yes, he did. <laughs> like, he's a whole legend. He's a whole legend out here, man. Legend in both Yo, games hey, by Kirkland, man. 
What's up? Hey Hank, I just want I just want to thank you too for putting me down with um the Messiah man because you know now I'm a follower of Al Like I just want to you know salute you for putting me down with that amazing show. Yo, yo, I finished it in one. I finished it in one setting. That's your. Oh, you watched it? Yeah, the whole thing. And I don't even really watch Netflix like that. Yo, I'm on. I'm on like episode. I'm on episode three. Like, yo, yo, that show. See now, y'all got. I'm probably gonna watch it tonight then, because I ain't gotta do nothing tomorrow. So I'm probably gonna. Fire. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm be. I'm be like Jimmy with The Witcher. Like, yo, this is trash. Like I said, it's like it's like Homeland meets The Ten Commandments. It's Homeland meets the Ten Commandments. Like, yo, it's that's fire. What it is. Mm-hmm. All right, that's that's what's up. I'm gonna check it out. All right, let's uh, hey, we we about to pick these games and get out of here, man. So, so oh, yeah, you, all right, brother. Real quick. Yeah, all right, Hank, man. Appreciate you. All right, we all let yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. All, all right, right Hank. Again, guys. All right, no problem. Thanks, Hank. Right, Peace. Yo, um, yeah, let's just jump right into the wild card games, yo. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get them got, more as a uh, shout out. We ain't got to do no stats or nothing in the NBA balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, players of the week, Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram. You know what I mean? Olive oil. Um, you know, but real quick, I, I want to make sure we get to these games real quick, though. Um, The Bills and Texans. Who you got? Mm-hmm. Bills and Texans. 435 game on Saturday, two ten and six teams playing in Houston. Um, I think this is where the Bills – Ride ends. They got. They do have a great defense. Yeah, man. JJ Watt is back. I'm gonna go with the Texans. Yeah, I'm going with the Texans too because um I'm just picking the black quarterback over the white quarterback. <laughs> Sorry, I said good. Texans. The Texans. All right. Yo, anybody? Texans. Anybody? 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 Uh, take I'm the bill? And go Buffalo, New York. Yo, so you home, man? Bills. Buffalo soldier, dreadlock. I just wanted to say that real quick. All right, um, that eight fifteen game, we got the Titans at Patriots. Does, does anybody think that the pa- the Patriots can be knocked off? I see them in a lot of disrespect this week. Oh, there's anybody a lot of people the and the Patriots run is ending. I really think they're being disrespected. They are not that good of a team right now. But are you really gonna pick the Titans and Vrabel and, and Tannehill over? Belichick, Brady, and you know they're they're the Spurs of the of the NFL, man. Every time you think yeah. they're done, what happens? I'm going with the Patriots. I'll be real. No way. I'm gonna say this: Rabel is gonna um, give this game to his mentor as a thank you. So I'm going with the Patriots. Patriots, Patriots. Okay. Patriots. Anybody want to pick? Everybody going Patriots. All right. So let's get to Sunday real quick. Vikings Patriots. at Saints. Vikings at Saints. This is a, a, the Vikings and Saints is a revenge game, in my opinion. I think the Saints going to smack them real good, so I'm taking the Saints. You know, Saints. just for my scenario from earlier, like I wish that the Vikings would pull this out and just get them out of the way just in case, but the Saints going to smack them, like you said, Saints. All right, so Saints. anybody taking the Vikings? Saints as well. Nah, I got Saints. Nah. <laughs> All right, last game, Seahawks at Eagles, man. Who's going to be a homer and take the Eagles? Hey, give me my I, Eagles, man. I'll, give me the Eagles, B. I'll be your Huckleberry. Okay. I'll okay. be your Huckleberry. Homer, I'm going to go with the home team on this, man. Okay. We're on a roll right now. I think Sierra going to hold some of that poo nanny from Russell, and he's going to be overthrowing like McNabb used to. So I got, I'm got. i going to go with the Eagles, B. Okay. I say uh, Seahawks. Right. I say Seahawks. Only because of Russell Wilson. 
Yeah, I mean, man, I say Seahawks because uh, Beast Mode is back. I'm going to go big Seahawks because Beast Mode is back, and that's my hero, though. So, Seahawks. Anyway. All right, all right, man. Anyway, we got to get out of here. It's time for us to get out of here. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for episode 500. Shout out to everybody Woo! who's been on this journey with us, whether in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, the group chat, all the callers who have called in to holler at us for an entire decade. That's right, a whole damn decade. Yo, thanks to everybody. Thanks to PJ Doc Bay for jumping back in the studio with us. Listen, man, we yes, love you, brothers. Yo, my man Doc Bay's calling from the future, man. Tune in next week live right here on demand as we recap NFL wildcard weekend and preview the NFL divisional round. We'll also catch you up on everything happening around the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of next week. And we'll see you right back here next time. Catch everything we do, all of our social media, all of our content. Everything can be found at the hub, which is warroomsports.com. Also, pick up my book, Sports to Book, at sportstobook.com, or you can go right to the hub of warroomsports.com to get it. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.